0: What's up, family? I'm Joe Lemon. Thank you so much for tuning back into my anchor station. And so you guys get a chance to kind of see me fumble through this digital strategy planning process. You know, um, I first started off doing everything under my personal brand. And then I was like, Nah, I don't want to do personal brand. I want to have a set core theme. So I I created this uh, long form conversation podcast called The Real Value Exchange. It's on all the major platforms. Highly recommend you check it out. And that's where I just have my, you know, you know, conversations with people and they last anywhere from 20 minutes to two hours, depending on how deep we want to get into it. But with that said, I, you guys get some insight into it that I'm learning along the way. And I'm liking Anchor again, because there's some things that I thought were gone, but they're still there. Like the whole conversation piece where you can drop voice memos. I thought it was gone. I thought I thought Anchor took out the platform. I just realized last week I didn't know how to access it. So you know, um, I'm I'm throwing myself back at anchor because, for one, I love the whole voice movement. I think voice is just something I really want to understand and really want to master. And I, I feel like this is something that I can hold on to for for some years as well. So with that said, guys, I'm going to attach an episode I did with Kazi. Kazi's my guy. Kazi has over two million YouTube followers, and he also has a uh, he has an online instant. Institute for people that are trying to learn Python. So I think it's a great, uh, I think it's a great conversation we had because it's my second time with him and we just dove into everything where he was moving to Columbia from him scaling his business and just even health around him doing more deep meditation. Um, and that's, we got a really cool story with with that too. So I'm not going to be a spoiler. It's coming up right next. Let me know your thoughts. up everyone i'm joe lemon thank you so much for tuning into the real value exchange and you know what i've done this before but i i i gotta go back to it i i believe i'm going to flip my channel back to my personal brand under the joe lemon experience I'm actually recording this on the move. It's just, it's just more authentic. It's just more real, and it seems just to make more sense. Honestly, for everything I'm doing, my conversations are always more relaxed. I don't just talk about business and what people are up to, even though that's a portion of what we always cover about how they're growing and how they're um, and, and the challenges and growth and some of the new tactics and of around sales and marketing um that's my interest and that's where it lies so that's what you like you guys i'm sure tune in for but with that you know there's there's a human element that's always there and i'm so pumped to have Kazi, the clever programmer come back onto the real value exchange because he's had a couple shifts in his life and i think they're they're gonna really work out well for him so i'll let him go into the details of that you guys sit back enjoy this rate it subscribe it love it and with that said hit me up let me know your thoughts on this Brand new shift and brand new uh, move to go back to personal branding. I'm at Joe Alex Lemon on all major platforms. Enjoy the show with Kazi, the Clever program.
1: Why would you limit yourself just to red beets when you can have red spinach, aronia, beets, turmeric, ginger, mango extract, and inulin in the one serving of Resync. The new proprietary natural formula loaded with healthy extracts to support your daily vitality for savvy and health conscious people just like you.
0: Dude, this is round two, man. Yeah, you awesome. You are the first person to have a back-to-back you know or a two-episode experience nice. on, on the real value exchange brother so okay welcome beautiful. back kazi thank you what up bro i appreciate it Dude, I appreciate this is good man it. yeah this so is exciting you, i mean man so you have to catch me up on your life you gotta let me know kind of where you've been how have your how's your whole thought process been since the last time we kind of spoke because we you had a lot of moving pieces and you got this this whole vision for your business and where you're going right so just dive into it brother
1: yeah, so a lot has been going on since we last spoke, mm-hmm. but ultimately, it's that you have to prioritize things. Mm. And so, what I mean by that is, you we have health, like, there's certain things that are really important, right? So, if we break them down, there's health, mm-hmm. there are relationships, there's business, and you know those are the big categories those are the three things i i call it hbp health business personal hbp okay yeah and so every every day you know i write about how the hbp is doing kind of like a little evaluation almost like a journaling type of setup right yeah like a little journaling setup or um free conscious um stream of consciousness writing you know just like free flow yeah and What I realize is every time I would talk about my health or fitness, you know, every single time. And as I look back in my previous journals or my previous diaries, I realize that I'm always talking about my health. Mm -hmm. But I have also said internally, I would say things like I'll focus on my health when X, Y, or Z if then type of like type of thinking. Yes. Like when my business starts doing well, I'll focus on my, health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll go all in, mm-hmm. you know, right now I just need to wait. Or when something happens in my relationship, I'll go to the next level in health. Yeah. And so health is a number one thing. Cause that's where everything comes from. Like you and I and people who are entrepreneurs we're magicians we are the asset we create something out of nothing 100 percent. so yeah we are yeah let's go so like you know while i have the business clever clever programmer and have a personal brand and that's great and it's powerful and i love it but that doesn't that that doesn't mean that it's worth more than you know my own health right or your business is worth more than your health yeah and so it's you gotta prioritize that, I think, as number one, and then everything coming from there. So, you almost have to say, "I don't want. I'll. I'd rather sacrifice my business than my health." You know, that's what I used to say. This is an interesting
0: place that you're at, man. How do you get to this point? To from, because I mean, the very last time we were, you know, you were on the show, we were talking, and it's gonna drop t- tomorrow, actually. But it's like I I know that you have these ambitions for your company as well. Like, how do you move from that to? Let me go back. Insular.
1: It's very tough because business takes everything. Like when I was building it, it was taking about eighteen hours a day for me. Right, right. I would get in my office at five a.m. I would leave at twelve a.m. and then I'd sleep for a few hours and then I'd do it again.
0: And you're doing everything like with your business too for the most part, right? Because you're the programmer right and you're yeah so getting back to your members and everything else customer service
1: a lot that's what I was doing before completely like all on my own now we have a few people for customer service but I still have to do it sure so managing the group to doing customer service to creating the video content to actually knowing how to code to the research and development process for creating the new modules to like what, you know, customer research, like everything. You
0: know? Man, you know, um, if you don't mind me just jumping in for a little bit because because mm-hmm. now I'm curious. Yeah. Because one of the biggest things that I struggle with is having systems in place. Yes. Especially like just structure, organize. I do this at this time. I, you know, drop this content consistently. It's just the biggest struggle for me right now, bro. Yeah. Do you have like those things laid out for you? I mean, I know everybody talks with, that you have to have that in place
1: but is that how you roll uh, systems is definitely a hard part. And okay. the type of personality that, you know, you and I might have mm-hmm. is maybe not even that good for creating systems. Right. So that's why if you read a book called rocket fuel, mm-hmm. have you ever read it? No. Um, they talk about the visionary and the integrator. And so the integrator is the person who manages, who does the day to day. They enjoy what they get out of the detail. They enjoy process. They enjoy the order as an, as a visionary. I like to think in the clouds. I like to come up with an idea. Mm -hmm. I like to, I like chaos. I like uncertainty and I like to set goals that are probably not achievable that might demotivate other people, but they actually drive me. Yeah. And so, you have to put people, you know, if if systematizing your business is a difficult thing, which it, which it is, hundred percent, yeah. You need to add somebody on your team who enjoys and thrives from that process. Like I've I've I shared this with everybody at this point, but Brian Alexander, one of my friends who is in Chicago, he owns two CrossFit businesses. Okay, great guy, you know, has amazing like. Fitness level, like 8% body fat and just all muscle, and also running an amazing company. Yeah. A lot um, has 20, 25 people employed under him. Wow. And he shared with me this amazing concept of hell, purgatory, and heaven. And so, if you write that down, you know, if we write that down on the whiteboard over there, mm-hmm. hell, purgatory, and heaven. And so, you write down things that put you in hell that when you do they drain you Mm -hmm. and they take away from you and then you'll write things down in purgatory, which is things like you're indifferent about but efficient in Mm -hmm. so you can do them, but it doesn't drive you. And then in heaven are the things that you just enjoy that you absolutely love doing and that just give you all the energy in the world. So one of the things that happens sometimes is we might do things that are putting us in hell. For me, it's the day-to-day management of like everything and the scheduling and the systematizing part of it. Right. And so that I want to take it and give it to somebody who it doesn't put in hell, but it puts them in heaven. Right, right, right. And so then I get to do the stuff that puts me in heaven, enjoy the thinking and the vision and all that, and then give them stuff to do that puts them in heaven. And that's really helpful for systematizing your business or whatever your goal is
0: man you know um i think that's a great way to look at it too man because it, i'm not sure well let's just talk about it bro yeah how do you feel about faith man because a lot of people think or a lot of people or one thought i should say is that um you know people do believe that you can have heaven or hell on earth you know what i mean yes and that's kind of like a thing that you kind of experience now mm-hmm. is that how you kind of view it too or what's your whole thoughts on
1: that? Yeah, so I used, I used to be very religious. Yeah. I'm not very religious anymore. Um, but regarding heaven and hell on earth, I feel that, you know, who knows? It might actually exist. Yeah. But I definitely think that we can create it on earth. And um, Napoleon Hill in his book, it's a great book, by the way. So anybody who follows me or follows you should read it it's called uh, outwitting the devil by napoleon hill i've never heard that one okay and it talks about he has an interview with the devil and the whole book is actually an interview with the devil and um this interview he's trying to figure out how the devil controls and what the devil does and what he controls and what he doesn't control and basically in between the i was going to say the value exchange but the dialogue exchange that they're having he figures out that the dev, devil what the devil does is actually uh controls your brain and has you drift through life and he and the devil calls those peoples who are in his army that the devil has recruited as drifters and so you might know these people that just go through the motions of life and they don't spent a lot of time on independent thought were taught a lot of dependent thought and the devil actually says and that's why napoleon hill couldn't release this book back in those days um you know he wrote it in like 1920s yeah they didn't release it till like i think after the 70s or 80s or something like that after he was dead i believe
0: dude that's um
1: that's the majority of the
0: population though right mm-hmm I mean, you know, I I was having a conversation. I was driving back from Vegas, and I was talking to one of my homeboys we went to high school with, and and I was just like, man, school is such, like, well, let me say this right, because I can go pretty left with this.
1: <laughs> but, 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 go for I, it, dude. But dude, this is t- the Joe. This is the Joe Rogan type of experience. <laughs> the Joel Lemon experience. There we go.
0: There we go. Hey, it's all the, it's all the same. Yeah, I'll take his ratings, but man, um. <laughs> honestly it's one of those things where they train you in school think about this mm. from from kindergarten till high, like 12 years right 13 years of school right mm. and in kindergarten there and it's like you have to raise your hand to ask a question yes like that you you are forced into a seat like you are forced to take a seat when kids naturally i mean just from a physiological standpoint i was reading this book also by um Kelly Scarrett and they were talking about how every kid before they get into school knows how to run perfect form on the balls of their feet they know how to run I just start running so I just start trying to make sure I have good form Yeah, they can do it by the time they get to the first or second third grade after they've been in a desk for about three years they're running from heel to toe You know, you're not supposed to run like that. Running on your heels puts you on your brakes. Like it it slows you down. Yeah. Like your body conforms to the desk. It has that natural C shape around the desk so you can write over the desk and everything else, right? And so, anyway, long story short, I'm saying that so many things about how they put us through the institution of school tames people, man. And it It puts brakes on people's personalities.
1: 100%. And it encourages people not
0: to ask questions, dude. Yes. I can't speak about how it is once you get to the master's or doctoral level but man from from bachelor's
1: down oh dude i'm not a fan of the school system at all okay all right, yeah um i'm very strong <laughs> on that i think it's like antiquated like everything like we went from horses to having cars yeah we went from like having whatever other means of transportation to having airplanes we went from having no communication to cell phones mm-hmm. but look across the history and we always had the one to many like thing going on in classrooms with one teacher and multiple students yeah. and it was originally created to produce factory workers 100% and it's still that um you know fall in line sit down be quiet listen uh pay attention why are you doing this a lot of the times i'd be actually even um i'd be actually researching something you know sometimes yeah. or i'd be doing something creative and that would happen i'm not saying all teachers are bad there were a lot of teachers that inspired me like crazy but what i am saying is that it ends up killing independent thought because it teaches you a lot of the times that you're usually wrong Mm -hmm. the teacher is right and therefore it's usually not worth trying to be right you know it even teaches this
0: thing where there's this person out there that has all the answers yes you know, and like, there's no fucking. You got to raise your hand so you can get to this person. Yes. And so they can bless you with the answer. <laughs> you, you know? Yes, exactly. Or you know? so they can improve your thought. Right. And it's, and it's like nowhere you in the world lazy. does that work. Yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. everything happens from thought. Everything happens yeah. from thought. And I say this a lot, and it's, you know, but it's not my saying. Lao Tzu said this, and he said that watch your thoughts to become words. Words become actions actions become habits mm-hmm. habits defines your character and your character ultimately defines your destiny 100% and so everything actually starts from your thoughts mm-hmm. and so if you become a lazy thinker you end up taking lazy actions and you end up being this lazy procrastinator that you might define yourself and then it comes out in horrible Forms, it actually has a physical manifestation as well, from like the metaphysical world to the physical world. You know, if you're a lot of times lazy, you might actually become fat. Yeah. You know, uh if you're lazy, you might also just be okay with the job that underpays you, even though you're way more talented and you know that, but you're just like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. The other person knows better than I do. And so they're doing the right thing. And if you would have come up with some kind of invention, you won't actually do it anymore because it's like, Oh, if I could think of it, somebody else must've thought of it. And somebody else must've thought of it. They were probably smarter than me. Mm -hmm. And so I might as well not even try. Man.
0: Is this why you really got into teaching people how to code? Because you wanted to pull people away from that, that whole thought process is, was that any of your actual motivation
1: behind it? It was the motivation behind a lot of what I do. I just, I gave up on school a while ago. Like I would, I was okay with getting terrible grades, terrible Were SATs you? and SATs. Yeah.
0: Okay. Like okay. I got
1: really bad grades, and what ended up happening was I detached my ego from the grades. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even care. Yeah, because uh, your a lot of people's self worth comes from the grades mm-hmm. or their parents' approval of them. Hundred percent. Yeah. Luckily for me, what ended up happening was my ego and my self worth was got detached from the grades. Or from my parents' approval of my grades. Mm-hmm. And then I just got good at, like, other things outside of school. And so it was chess first. And, okay. you know, I uh, went to... And I became top 1% in the world for chess. from the What? Ages. Yeah. From, you know, in high school. I didn't know about this. All right, yeah. I was addicted. I was obsessed. Really? Yeah, and then I started playing. C- what did that look like? You were just going home and you were going all in or just playing just, just playing Chess, chess club. Or? It was yeah, a yeah. chess club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It was yeah. like a home. I would go there. I remember this one friend. His name was Evan Spiegel. He would bring cookies all the time. Evan Spiegel. That's, a, that's one of his cool names. <laughs> hey You know, Evan Spiegel is actually also the name of the CEO of um, Snapchat, the yeah. founder of Snapchat. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Yeah, so it's funny because... Yes. Uh, I'm like you know when when that happened I'm like Evan, you own a uh, Snapchat now dude this is awesome right <laughs> and uh, we would just shoot the shit and play chess yeah we would do talking shit we were a bunch of stupid kids who were responsible and but that was our home and it was something that was for the first time in my life I found that I was good at something yeah and um, it gave me a lot of confidence. But it was like my thing, and mm-hmm. I got attached to it. And you know, it got to the point where I would go to competitions. And uh, very quickly, I started becoming a lot better. Top 1%? Yeah. Over. In the U.S. or world? In the US. U.S. and in the world, it would be like top 10%. That's crazy, though. Yeah. Man,
0: man you know, that that, that probably was a, a crazy boost to say, yeah, I don't need approval from somebody else when you're... Where you're dominating, like, on that level, you know what I mean? It well, it
1: was. It definitely was. Hmm. And I felt that I didn't need approval even before that. But then when that happened, it was like, no, I don't really need it. And so then I would just study everything on my, like, uh, when, it was, when it came to coding, I would study it on my own. Hmm. I learned it on my own. And I would, like, learn all these amazing things and I'd be sharing them with people. Because what always made me upset about school is... If somebody gives you the Pythagorean theorem, mm-hmm. A squared plus B squared is equal to C squared. It's like, Garbage. you know, or or the, what is it? The slope formula, YX, YX equals slope. plus B or something. I haven't heard of slope in a minute, man. I know. And <laughs> when they teach you that, yeah. everybody's like, oh yeah, of course I know the formula. They're like, of course I understand it. Like, you don't understand it? And I'm like, but do you really, like, can you actually use it in real life somewhere? And most kids who even get A's, They don't know where to actually use it or apply it in real life. And that's what was so frustrating to me. And even when I would ask the teacher, they never really had answers for that.
0: I mean, let's be honest about, let's be honest, but I'm not even sure how many of the the teachers could apply it in real life. And that's the problem I always had Yeah, is that we're teaching things that we're not even sure for one, not even just how to apply, but, but it's like, where's the actual crossover ever? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like ever, like, okay, if we can't apply it, great, but we don't fully understand it. That's, that's one thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Actually, There was only
1: one time in my life I applied it. Yeah. Yeah. It's only one time. And, but I mean, in real life. Yeah, exactly. It was beautiful. Was it? It was beautiful. Talk about that day, man. It was an incredible <laughs> experience, yeah. uh, applying, uh, yeah, the slow formula. That was actually the first time I fell in love with this stuff. And I figured out that it's not this stuff that's boring. This stuff is fascinating. Everything is fascinating. It's the way that it's taught and with the lack of the passion or the right examples that it's taught with, that's what actually kills it a lot of the time. So for me, what took place was I had my laptop and it was like on 80% battery. And so I'm like, okay, 80% battery. And right now it's like three o'clock, you know? Right. And then I'm like, how do I figure out exactly how my battery is depleting? Like, you know, per minute, how much percentage am I losing? Like, what's happening? And then basically I timed like at 10 p.m., you know, at 10 p.m., what's the battery at? And then I just plugged it in the formula and then it worked. And now I had the answer to with exactly my usage, how much I use my laptop, how quickly does it deplete? Because for me, you know, I didn't have a lot of money at that time. I was young, yeah. so I didn't really have that many chargers. And every time I would go out, I wanted to take my laptop. So I wanted to know exactly how long I could use it for, you know, before it would, it would run out. And so when I applied it there, I'm like, this is beautiful. This is really beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, it's amazing. But why aren't we taught it with real stuff? Why aren't we given challenges where the problem is easy to solve, but it lets you solve it? know
0: why do you think that is though why do you think that we aren't given those those opportunities because i I think people know that though i think people know through allowing the other person to to kind of find the answer on their own yeah it it is the way yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you know it is the way to roll it's like asking questions not coming in and putting your hands on it and saying 2 plus 2 equals 4, just memorize that, yeah. you know? But actually pulling out your fingers and saying, okay, yeah, let's put it
1: down. Why do you think that people don't allow people to, to come to their own answers? I think it makes it easy for the schools to mm-hmm. manage that. Uh, because uh, answers are very quantifiable and measurable. I think real learning is not so like multiple choice based or this is the perfect answer and this is the completely wrong answer. But it's hard to measure it. Right. And when you have one teacher and 50 students, it's really hard for him to sit, him or her, to sit with all these students and, like, know exactly where they're at. But when they can give them a Scantron. Yep. One size fits all. And then just get a result back. They're like, oh, this person is, like, you know. This person is here. This person is an A student. I get it. And then it's defined. Just kind of put them in a bucket and keep it moving, right? Right. I think it just makes it a lot easier. But, you know, I also know, I think Norway there or Sweden, they have this like non-competitive way of learning and they actually don't do grades. They just do like joint cooperative projects. Hmm. And so I think that is a great way to learn and working on real world practical stuff. My why i wanted to teach this stuff was because like one common thread that i saw across all industries is like nobody's teaching practical stuff right when they're teaching you math they're not teaching you where you can practically apply it in your daily life it's useful it's really helpful it actually has helped me make business deals like with one company wanted to work with me Mm -hmm. and they were bigger than me but i wanted to know when i could catch up to them and so based on my growth, I literally used some math to figure out exactly. And it was six months. Wow. And so I actually declined them because I'm like, even though they're way bigger than me now, I'm actually going to be bigger than them in six months. And it turned out to be a great thing. Uh, and now we're working on something together. So,
0: Man, man so you know what? I mean, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit, too, because yeah. I thought that your platform was mainly for like teaching individuals, but you also work with companies as well.
1: I, when I say work with companies like partnerships, okay, but it's still B2C, like we're working with con- individual you know, customers. Gotcha, yeah.
0: gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, really cool, man. So, <laughs> so, you, so you did apply some of your own learnings out of school eventually, it crossed over,
1: yes, and yeah. it's always the simplest stuff that you get to apply, but yeah, it's just practicality is the most important thing, you know. If you look at a business class, why the hell? Is business class being taught by somebody who's never
0: that owned a blows my, successful dude that that piece blows my mind to me. Honestly, like that that was always one of the biggest things when I when I, after I got to after I got to college and one of the reasons why I just kind of played around in college because I was working on my other business and I'm just like I'm actually doing the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean I was out trying to market and they wanted me to do like sales presentation like I actually pitched. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know like I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, and I'm looking at my professor like
1: has he ever though <laughs> you, you know like step one yeah, of yeah. pitching right, right Right, open powerpoint it's like right no dude we don't even use it anymore it's like google powerpoint so we can share it with everybody <laughs> right, period i mean man so how do you grow your business man just, instead of talking about sales for me mm-hmm. the biggest thing that i needed to systemize in my business so like to answer that question in a simple way, it's a launch-based business model. So we open three to four times in a year. Okay. And it's like people have five days to join the course. So it's one course. Gotcha. One product. Um, I'm a big believer in making one product that gets people results. It's easier to dis- distribute it. It's hmm. not easy to have multiple products. One product till you get to a million or more because it's the best, I think. Hmm. Um, I read a book um, wrote to a hundred million zero to hundred million by Michael Masterson, credible marketer. And he mentioned that. So get focus on one product and then scale that to a million dollars before you start going and creating other products. Interesting. That's one. Do you keep coming back and hacking away at the products and yes. make it, be- okay. I it better? Okay. keep making it. Okay. Keep getting customer feedback. Keep making it better. Bigger is not better. That's, One of the toughest lessons, one of the biggest mistakes I've made in my own business, um, because to make it better, I kept adding more stuff and some stuff is like not necessary to add. Mm. A lot of it is actually not necessary to add. And what happens is the completion rates go way down and people aren't completing it and they think that they're not successful with your product. And so Uh, I can see that they end up not getting the results that they were meant to get, you know. So that's so basically launch based business model. And then the other thing is launch what that does is it creates a lot of uncertainty in your business. You might get an influx of cash when you launch. Right. So a lot of people join. But then in between launch one and launch two, you literally have no money coming in. Yeah, that's
0: true though, man. I mean, so you're kind of you're kinda like feast and famine type of setup almost.
1: Yeah, and that definitely exactly feast and famine is the best way to describe it. And so, what if you're running a business like this, what you need to do is create a way to sell systematically as well. Mm-hmm. And so, what we have done is implemented something called, and this is online marketing specific, um, you know, talk um, or things, but it's it's called an evergreen funnel. Mm. And what that means is. New people who are joining your email list, they're going through an email sequence that's designed to help them decide if it's the right product for them and then help sell that product to them all automated.
0: So I want to get in a wheeze on this, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so are you using something like ClickFunnels, I guess, to kind of help you get there? You can think of it like that. I'm
1: not using <clears throat> ClickFunnels, okay. but the idea is similar. Okay.
0: So you have, so you have a... You have this actual funnel. People sign up for it yeah on your website, mm-hmm. put in their email information, say, hey, give me a, give me a buzz. And then there's a series of questions
1: that will kind of put them in different buckets, is that right? That's advanced okay. and I want, I would I suggest keeping things as simple as possible. 100%. I would agree with that. Yeah. um and so because the funnel's already is is a complicated thing, and so as soon as you start adding quizzes and different buckets and segmenting it's really complicated. You're going to start losing people, right? Yeah, some people you start losing. But if you want to go that route, pop more power to you, I just believe in simplicity. Correct. And so for for us right now, we give people a masterclass that they can join hmm. and it's incredible value. It's amazing three videos. It's literally like oh, three Hollywood videos, you know, production videos for a programming channel. And so it lays out the path for the person. And if it's a right fit for them, then they purchase the course, you know, and after that comes the pitch for the course. And so it's a week long sequence that we send. So if you joined our email list, you would get this automated seven day long sequence. Okay. And it also has a deadline timers inside of it that are personalized to you. So if, if within seven days you don't click those links, those links are expired and you actually don't have to, ch- you can't purchase the course anymore. Well, so there's that's good urgency in there as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it, it it so you have how many emails
1: throughout the actual 7 days? Is it like just one per day or is it every other day? So basically it's um one pretty much every day and then it's I I believe about two or three the last day. It's dope, man. Yeah, super dope. Yeah. I like that because a lot of
0: times in sales, at least how I do a lot of our sequences from a B2B standpoint, We kind of like we 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 always try to space them out, but I'm like I'm losing people attention a little bit. You know um, what I mean?
1: I'll tell you this. Talk about. I've been in the online marketing world for a while, and I've seen a lot of crazy shit. Mm -hmm. I know a, a girl who's running a successful business, and she's sending five emails a day. Five a day. Five a day, and so. She I, I happy. go the go the 10X route. Go the Grand Cardone route. Yeah. Obscurity is the worst disease. I gotta tell you, man. Um, have you read that book? Best book. 10X. I was actually reading it again for the
0: fourth time on the right over here, actually. You know, you know, he's one of those guys how we were talking about people that kind of like rub you the wrong way, but you're like, he's right. Yes. Dude, so for a while, he used to get me hype. And then I'm like, he's rubbing me the wrong way, bro. Like, I'm not really, you know what I mean? Like, he's not giving me the type of, it's it's too over the top. It's too much. It doesn't, it's not going to work. That type of, that's that's what I was telling myself. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, man? But I I was at this place in sales. I'm like, I got to get to next level because I'm kind of plateauing a little bit here. Yeah. And so either I got to change jobs, change industries, or I got to just up my game. And I was like, all right, let me just start downloading a whole bunch of sales books. And this was on the list. So I, I got to next. And um, I think by the time I got to chapter four or five, I forgot what chapter it is. I was like, I gotta throw this out. This is this is ridiculously like dope. I mean, like I mean, like I I start implementing, I just 10X everything, just like you said. It was that oh. simple. Like my my output went through the roof, and my sales just it, it skyrocketed. And then I changed coats and everything else. Damn. <laughs> I, I mean, so I mean, it's one thousand percent legit. And from a sales standpoint. A lot of times sales become so pressure-based and people are so like, oh, where's where's the next deal coming from? It's because you don't have a big enough pipeline. I was just talking about this. It's because you don't have enough contacts. You're not not doing enough work to get in front of people so you never are anxious about where's the next buck coming from. right? And so when you tell me that someone's doing five emails a day, I'm like, I get it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I I get it. Yes, I get it.
1: Yeah, it's insane how this world works, especially with the online marketing. And you know, it's online. It's just another dimension. It's almost like the fourth dimension. I heard somebody explain it like that. Okay. And uh, I think Jordan Jordan Peterson might have been explaining it like that. But anyway, it's also like it's almost so in real life. The same things that work, a lot of those same principles actually work online as well. You know, obscurity is generally people's biggest problem. I would agree with that. You know, yeah. not being persistent enough and having a poor follow through is usually one of the biggest problem that people have. Whether it comes to you uh, having a relationship or you trying to run a business and get more leads, Literally, it comes down to a lot of persistence and follow-up. You know, one of my friends who I've been trying to call for like a week, you know, just isn't picking up. So one of parts of my brain is thinking he's a terrible friend. Another part of my brain is thinking it's my fault and I just need to call him more. You know, got on a call with him today and he's still the same great friend. But now I'm taking responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. Before I was crying and I was like, I should just cut him because it's his fault for not calling. (laughs) right you know like he you know he says absurd shit that makes you think like grant Cardone is like if you if a car hits you from the back it's your fault that was crazy
0: but it's you you know you know there's there's something about taking that amount of ownership though it's powerful it's very empowering i mean it takes all the excuses off the off the table there's nobody else that you can look at and be like oh it's there this because you were late that's why I missed this actual appointment. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Like yes. it it, get, it gets rid of all that BS that we come up with mm-hmm. and you figure out how many, how many excuses you actually come up with. Though. That's the part that really blew me away about it. Like it wasn't so much that you just take it and be ridiculous, but it's like you challenge yourself now to say, look at how many things, how many roadblocks I'm throwing in my own way. Dude, just to come
1: to this podcast, you know how many excuses I had to it's overcome?
0: T- talk about it, man. It's like the sales,
1: even your own self. It's, it's sales. You can talk your, yourself out of it. Your your brain is giving you so many objections, and you have to talk to your own brain and overcome all those objections. Mm-hmm. So first, it's my brain. My brain goes, "Wow, it's seven p.m. You're gonna be tired." I go, I went. That's fine. Even if I'm tired, I'll I'll just have that tired present. That's okay. I'll still just do the podcast. Mm-hmm. My Brain goes, okay. My brain's like, well listen, you've been working really hard on building a lot of these habits. And so, um, and especially since you're working out a lot and having all these new habits is really frying your central nervous system. Are you sure you want to go at 8 p.m. with being burnt out from the workout? Right. And uh, I'm like, that's fine. I'm just going to take a little nap earlier in the day and I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And then my brain goes, but remember, you got to sleep at 10 p.m. so you can wake up at 5 a.m. for Mm -hmm. the gym session. So that's another excuse. And then finally, when I was about to leave, it was like 41 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, I'll just tell Joe, like, he'll understand. It'd be like, I would have totally understood too, though. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I know That would have been good. And I'm like, Oh, it's good. It's 40 minutes away. It's, it's just too long. Mm-hmm. But these are just excuses at the end of the day. 100%. It just, it, there's nothing, nothing to them. What was the, what was the, um, alternative? Not sharing value with people. Not being on Instagram, not being on Facebook, not actually having any value out to the real world. Yeah. Just being cozied up in my house for a little bit longer, you know, maybe watching Dexter for a little bit longer. But now that actually came out 40 minutes, I listened to 10 X and it was incredible. I wish the drive was even longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm always like, why do people complain about traffic and driving because that's where I actually get the most new ideas, you know. And so, so many excuses,
0: man. You know, um, taking that taking that ownership is crazy, man. It's a, uh, I mean, but that extreme ownership, it really puts you like in a, it puts you in a different place. And it, I feel like it's one of the biggest advantages that I've seen myself really even kind of grow with, man. It's bananas, dude. Yeah. Ten X. What else do you um,
1: do? You read. Roller Entrepreneur by Darren Hardy is a great book. Okay, yeah, Darren Hardy. Yeah, read that. And um, there are a lot of books that have had a really, but there are a few books that have had a giant impact on my life. Do you name? Rich Dad Poor Dad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ten X, uh, and then one is it's it's um by John Sonmez, and uh, the book is called. It's like something about uh, the manual for software developer. Okay. And what's weird is that what this guy did is he's all about personal development, but he he ran a channel about coding and for software developers. So pretty much everything he did, he just wrapped it with the word software developers. Hmm. The advice he gives can just apply to everybody. He's talking about YouTube half the time and content creation and providing value to the world. And so it says software developers, but there's actually like a little bit about software developers. Yeah. That book was like life-changing for me as well. Got me on the YouTube stuff and started producing content. But yeah, just 10X and that book, you really have to be unreasonable. And most people around you aren't unreasonable. And that's why they have like mediocre and average results. And so you either got to be surrounded by uh incredibly insane, unreasonable people, or you got to be yes. surrounded with your headphones, you know, audible or books you read by these people.
0: hundred percent, man. I mean, the fact that you got to 200,000 YouTube followers is a beast. And what type of people did you have in your circle, man, for you to kind of get there? I
1: didn't have people in my circle who helped me with content creation or any of that. Really? It was literally one of my friends telling me about Audible and then me giving it a chance and that changing my life. So you really blew
0: up off of Audible conversation. I mean, after of having that dialogue through the audio books, because I get a book a month. I mean, is that how you really kind of get yourself separated? Books,
1: reading books and listening to books. Okay,
0: man, all right, changed so my entire life. How about your, how about your friends? Do you have a lot of friends out here on the West Coast? I don't have a lot of friends here. Yeah. No. yeah. It's funny how that happens, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm in between. Like, if you had to say if I'm an introvert or an extrovert, what would you say? I mean,
0: the fact that you rolled up on me at the airport, I think that you're more extroverted. I think you can roll up on anybody. I mean, you know, I mean, because we, I was, a, we were just, I was just. It was. It was, it was the morning too, right? It was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, or it was kind of that time when I was kind of like down. <laughs> Both of us were kind of out of it for whatever reason. I think I was out the whole night before, but yeah, I mean, but it was an easy conversation. So I feel like you could roll up on anybody, man. Yeah. It's funny.
1: Cause I did I wasn't even feeling like talking at that point. I was hmm. like, what's up dude. I remember my shoulders were like <laughs> yeah. slumped. I had my yeah. backpack on. I
0: was the same way though. I mean, I was sitting there just kind of like, all right, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and yeah. So the weird thing is a lot of people <clears throat> will say I'm an extrovert, you know, and right. perceive me as an extrovert. I feel that I'm in between or more of an introvert almost because for me, I spend a lot of time reading, thinking, writing, creating, you know, even creating, it's not a extroverted thing to do. People I'm, think it is though. It's like me literally talking to a camera by myself, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no other person speaking. I don't think it's an extroverted thing.
0: But, but, you know, it seems like it's very extroverted because you have all these followers, you got all these likes, and then it seems like everybody's talking to you nonstop. Yes. Or constantly uh, commenting, engaging, whatnot. Yeah. So it's, it's funny how how that's perceived outside of what you're really
1: doing. It is. It's very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, man, books were the things that changed my life and I just can't but i'm also obsessive i work in like short obsessive cycles yeah so for me consistency is a problem and that's why i've lacked results when it comes to certain things i get my mic up ah nice good look so that's why i have trouble with certain things getting results in like for example when it comes to lifting or workouts, uh-huh because that consistency isn't something that's part of me that's difficult but because I'm obsessive, I usually do things where they become my whole life. You know, they overtake my life. So whether it's table tennis or chess or running an online business or learning jujitsu or boxing or lifting, those things at some point become my obsession. And then that's all I ever do or ever talk about.
0: Let's try this one.
1: Hey Samkos. Hello. Hey guys, how's it going? You picked this mic up? Mic up?
0: Ah, I think it's good enough.
1: Hopefully you can hear us on Facebook now. Hello.
0: You're zen? That's ah, all good. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear you anyway, man.
1: <laughs> Hello. Hi, Clever Dev. How are you doing? Clever Dev? Mm-hmm. Somebody's saying, who's the guy besides Kazi? That's uh, Joe Lemon. He runs a podcast called The Real Value Exchange. Real Value Exchange? Yep. And then your background is in sales, sales and marketing. Yeah. So he's a sales and marketing expert and he runs an incredible podcast. I got inspired by him to actually start my own podcast. And that studio that you had booked out, yeah. it inspired me to actually build my own studio and soundproof it and everything. So now that's going to be something that I'm going to be working on,
0: dude. Having um, having your own like separate like place where you can go and just create,
1: yeah, I think matters, man. It really does, and it puts you in a very amazing headspace. Like when I was in that place, all I wanted to do was create. I mean, like, it,
0: what's so crazy about it is that it's probably about the size of two two decent-sized closets. Mm-hmm. It's a really tight spot, right? Yeah. But it's all blacked out, and you can make it whatever you want to make it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love when you sit in there, there's no reverb. Right. It's just quiet. It's like, my voice sounds so deep. I'm like, <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And the energy just changes when I'm in that room. Yeah. You know, it makes me want to just, like have a, like literally do a podcast. Like, I mean, it's perfect for a podcast room.
0: I mean, but do, you know, um, last time we were there, you, you, you were, you were coming off of meditation actually. Yes. You were doing like some headspace, mm-hmm. you know, type of, uh, you, you were on the app and how long do you normally know go on a uh, headspace? Once you go through it? 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. At a time. That's pretty good. Are you like zone out the whole time? What do you mean? Well, are you able to kind of say like, you know, um,
1: like not having a whole bunch of thoughts run through your mind while you go through the meditations. Oh, that's definitely tough. But yeah, yeah generally my head is pretty clear, but no, sometimes it'll happen where it'll just go on different thoughts and latch onto them. Yeah. And so right after the meditation is over, I'm dying to write down these thoughts. Well, you know, I'm like, Oh, but I feel that, I don't know if that's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but sometimes I get really great ideas. Yeah. And I don't want to let them go. And so sometimes I feel like I need to stop the meditation halfway so I can write them, but I don't. I've done it a few times actually. Yeah. But I try not to. And. I don't know what the right answer is. Like if you get a great thought about your business, like, do you try to forget it? Like, how does it, I I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Yeah. Man, man,
0: there's this, um, I did this, uh, sensory deprivation tank.
1: Yes. Have you done one? I love it. Yes. Oh, it's bananas. I was inspired by Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I heard him talking about it too. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what a sensory deprivation chamber is and sounds like torture it's yeah. um, also known as a flotation tank, and it's filled with Epsom salt. It's dark. You I think it's in, like hundreds of
0: pounds of, like, you know, Epsom salt, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, because you can just sit. So you cannot top. drown. Yeah, you float, and it's really great for healing. You're uh, improving your blood flow. Really great for your health, actually, <laughs> and uh, helps with inflammation and recovery if you're an athlete. And then when you go in that tank. You you can't see, so your sense of seeing and sight is gone. You can't hear anything because they put earplugs in. You can't really smell anything. Obviously, you can't taste or feel or touch anything. So that's why it's called sensory deprivation chamber because all of your senses are taken. You, at some point, start feeling that you're floating in space. What was the... So, um, yeah,
0: beautiful. Yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously, I'm, I'm definitely going back, but what was the where did your mind go after you kind of relaxed into it? Cause I, I had a, I had a wild experience, but I
1: want to hear where you went with it. Interesting. Yeah. I hear your experience. I have a fear of dark. Okay. Okay. Not like crazy. It's I sleep in the dark in my house, but you know, too many horror movies. And so if I'm in an abandoned house and it's dark, that's very frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, and i have a deep fear of water you know and again it's it's hard to describe like i go to the pool and i'll swim and stuff but if you put me in a pool and there's nobody there and it's dark like that's the nightmare it's like combining two of the biggest nightmares so for me going to the flotation tank i wanted to overcome my fear and just look it in the face huh so, it was actually a terrifying experience for the first 10 minutes.
0: I was about to say, so you you felt like you were just in like
1: full panic mode or just challenged the whole time? Really panicked. Wow. For the first 10 minutes. As soon as I went in and I closed the tank, yeah, my breathing was like super uneven and I just... I just imagine the grudge in there with me, the ring, the <laughs> grandmother from Insidious, the yeah. uh, clowns, the purge, like every, yeah. uh, the saw, you know, the dude from the saw yeah. like, is in a little bicycle. Time to play the game. Chainsaw Massacre is not that? Te- yeah. Texture Chainsaw Massacre yeah. dude is in there. Like Jeepers Creepers. Everybody's in there. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. And I'm literally like just about to get a heart attack. Wow and it's just pitch black and then what sometimes i do when i have so much fear is i just let the fear wash over me and i just breathe into it and i just let it become a part of me and embrace it and actually enjoy it so i fall into it so i'm just like okay if if they're all there then it's already over and just let them take me. Just like, yeah, just. <laughs> that was your experience. And then I laid down and I just really tried to relax and I was like freaking out first five to 10 minutes. And then after that, it started getting like completely like thoughts go, started going away because once you just go, okay, do the worst you can to me. Right. And then nothing is happening to you and you're still there and you're still there and then the fear just goes away there's no room left for it anymore interesting did you fall asleep for a little bit okay yeah Yeah. but around the 30 minute mark it genuinely felt that i had no body um i was out of body i was uh, i was nothing i felt like i was Nothing. Not in a derogatory way. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt that saying. I didn't exist. Yeah. I felt maybe I was floating through space, but I was just consciousness. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like the universe itself, <laughs> and I didn't have a body. I was just a thought or something floating, and uh, yeah, that was really incredible. And because uh, uh, you can't feel your body anymore, mm-hmm. you know, you're just there, and you can't feel anything. You can't mm. smell. I loved it, and then around the hour mark, I got out. It was an incredible experience, but I'm curious. I want to hear about yours, man. Um, so there's something that happens mm.
0: when you have no input, like there was no information coming in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like this is the part that messed, that messed me up, and like there was no information okay like you know i mean obviously if, if if we look at what we do on a day-to-day basis i touch the table i get feedback oh that's a hard table you know you know what i mean like yeah you know like if it's warm in the air like oh it's warm you know you know what i mean like there's there's moisture in the air there's some Our, data coming there's always data dude there's light there's information yeah. from something and i went in there and the first like you said the first five minutes i was like this is this is gonna suck because i don't like tight spaces yeah and I'm about to go put myself in this pod that's like, you know, I'm not sure how big, but it's enough for Max, a six, eight dude to be in. So it's not that big. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm like, all right, here I go. Yeah. On top of this pod and just see what happens. But as soon as I close the lid, I'm like, all right, this is weird. There's nothing coming in. Mm. No light, no information. I can't feel anything and then i and then i get really wild and cuz the first you know the first i guess 5 to 10 minutes like you're talking about you're trying to understand where you are and i'm trying to make sure that i float I'm like oh, i don't want to drown <laughs> you know mm. i'm not going to drown so i get past all the fears yes the first 10 minutes were like fearful things okay so that's why i was listening to you it's like it's like fearful things what other fearful things yeah so, I, I mean, but you know it but it, it wasn't like a, a crazy fear like mm. i'm gonna die it was just like oh it's tight in here i, I don't like that i was <laughs> it was like uncomfortable shit i'm like i don't want to be um i don't want to drown don't get the salt in your eyes. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like uncomfortable fears. Yeah, yeah. Nothing that was like, nothing that was like dramatic and like, you know, there's a guy waiting with a knife as soon as you got to, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, it was yeah. nothing crazy. Not like mine. No, my shit, my shit was way chill. My thing was chill. And so, <laughs> but after that passed, and it made, I'm not even sure how long it was. It could have been 30 seconds. It could have been 10 minutes. I'm not sure. At some point, I felt like a baby in a womb. I had this feeling like I was in a womb, dude, and it tripped me out. And I'm like, I'm just the infant. And then I took off from there. And then I was in space. And then, and then I was just, and then I was just an Adam, bro. Like it was the weirdest thing ever.
1: It's funny because it's not even like you're doing drugs in there. You know, you're not, high, <laughs> not, there's not no psychedelics. It's like, I, what's going on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. But, 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 but that's where I went. I, w- I went to the womb and I was like, I'm a baby. Mm. I'm just sitting in my mom's womb. Just chilling. I have no information. I don't know what's happening outside, but I didn't even care though. Dude, I want to go now. (laughs) I didn't even care that I was a baby. Like, you know, you know, like normally you would be concerned, like, I'm in this type spot. I got to do all this. (laughs) I got to do all this this work again. I have to go grow up again. It was like, nah, dude, this is, this is right. This is where this is is how it is. Yeah. And there's something about, um, you know, how we all have muscle memory and our cells have memory as, as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's funny how it crosses over. Whatever experience that you have, like, it crosses over into a little bit of your sensories, you know, about how you envision the future is going to play out. Because we're always trying to predict a little bit of things, right? Like, even once I'm reaching for this bottle, I was thinking about the process. Oh, let me go grab the bottle. You know, the bottle's going to be a little cold. You know, because I already had all this information. (laughs) But, like, when you go in that tank and you forget about information, you're like, I don't even care if it's cool or not. Yeah. You're like, I'm just going to get the bottle and the bottle's there. If it's not there, who cares?
1: Yeah. It was wild, bro. I love it, though. That's awesome. Yeah. It's an amazing experience. People should go and do it. Sensory deprivation chamber. I I always like saying that more than flotation tank. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Gets a reaction out of people. It sounds dope, right? Yeah. It sounds like you're actually doing something like... It sounds like, one, you know what you're talking about, and two, it shocks them.
0: (laughs) It definitely sounds like you know what you're talking about. So man, um, have you ever been to sensory deprivation chamber? Mm. What's that? Well, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, let me let me educate you. Yeah, you have time. Uh, I'll I'll talk to you when you have more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna take a while, <laughs> especially for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but dude, no, it's um, it's one of those things um that I think people need to do more of, and you know, being a business owner and wearing multiple hats and how many choices do you think that you make every day a lot i mean like if you had to put
1: a number on it a lot i get tired making decisions every day yeah like burnout and fatigue 30 40 i would say decision fatigue yeah and unless i plan my day the night before um of specifically what i'm gonna do i get very exhausted because i'm constantly making choices like Is it the best time to go to the gym right now? But if I go to the gym in the morning at 5 a.m., then I won't be able to do the modules because I remember in this book I read, it says the hardest thing that you need to do, you should do it the first thing in the morning. Right. But then I'm like, if I don't go to the gym and I go do the other thing, like creating my, you know, creating some content, then what happens is that going to the gym is not a strong enough habit. And then I might not go to the gym later on. And it's like fatigue. Yeah. constant decision fatigue what time should i eat if i eat at 8 a.m then if i go to lift is it gonna affect my lift and i can't lift anymore but if i don't eat now then i can't eat three times or eat, hit my three thousand calorie goal and so it's like it's just so much fatigue unless you plan it out the day before and then it's like easy yeah because we're better followers but not better leaders and our willpower is very limited and so when you plan your day, what takes place is you spend five to 10 minutes of concentrated time to use your willpower. Right. And that's when you're using your willpower to plan your next day, but it's only over the span of five to 10 minutes. Right. But then as you go into the next day, then you have, you're using zero willpower because you're just following the directions to what you had written down from the day before. Whereas if you don't, uh, use your willpower for those five to ten to plan out your day, then it's effectively you're using the next 15 or 20 hour long day. Um, and you're using your willpower th- for 15 hours long.
0: Man, when you think about creatives, especially, like I heard a stat that says uh, anywhere, most people make anywhere between 20 to 30,000 choices a day. What? 20 to 30,000 choices. I don't know about that, dude. I'm not. I make like 10 a day. Think about it, though, right? Think about it, though, right? Yeah. Should you say where or where? I mean, like little things like that. Should I take the stairs or the elevator? Yeah. Should I wear the brown shoes or the black shoes? If you got 15 pairs of shoes, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yes. What type of t-shirt should I have on? Yeah. Should I flush fully or should I use the little light flush that just has the water and <laughs> I, I mean dude I mean like it's hot or cold I mean like think about how many choices yeah. there really are that, what type of water should I get yeah cause there's a, at least 10 different brands in every store it's a lot it's a lot I mean it's a lot of choices to make I'm not I'm I, i'm not sure how accurate that 20 to about 30 is yeah
1: but if you have more options and I mean, you're trying up, to create conscious level and at those like when yeah. you get to like really micro level i'm yeah. sure 20 or thirty thousand. yeah yeah i mean
0: like right? yeah, i mean you have to loop all that stuff in there of course yeah. right with that because there's no way yeah I
1: like
0: but, right yeah i mean like little stuff bell or like no
1: bell yeah, just kind of debated wearing the shirt. Just so kind of sag a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm gonna, gotta wear. A- <laughs> you
0: thought <about> topless? <laughs> I,
1: I did, man, because it's a podcast, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's true. Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna <laughs> know. No, but I thought about wearing another shirt, and I started debating, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why am I spending so long? Like, let's go create some content. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I need to think about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was thinking about it, and it was like, there's certain things you just have to not think about you know and then not to mention like the bills to pay you know and then all that other stuff that starts
0: who gets paid when yeah yeah all yeah. that stuff man
1: i mean if you think about
0: it, it makes sense why steve jobs came out in the black top every day yeah you know he just
1: said man just i'm very simple i'm not that simple but yeah. i'm pretty much that simple like i used to there was one year where i went crazy like i told you i'm obsessive for like mm-hmm. six months i went crazy into fashion and got really good at it oh really and then like got i suck at fashion dude and that's that's all good but it was like i got over it you know i'm like i'm over the i'm like once i get a skill and i've done it then i'm like okay i've done it right i've kind of outgrown it and so you get bored i get bored i have that personality where as soon as the challenge is over i get bored Mm mm-hmm And so, cause I was like, I never saw myself as a fashionable person and nobody ever saw me as a fan. And so I'm like, it's going to be interesting doing it. What made you get into fashion? Like, was there a thing? Was there, was there a girl involved? I was like, dude, I want to see. It's always like the most ridiculous thing. It's like, how can I surprise people in the craziest way ever? Yeah. My whole life is that. I was a scrawny brown Indian kid who was like, didn't know what was going on in life You know, um, terrible with girls, didn't know what to say to anybody. I I mean, I had good friends, but you know, I went to a religious school. So it was like socially awkward when I was going into high school or freshman year. So for me, the most random thing to ever do would be to do strength training, like lifting. Yeah. Nobody in my family has ever done it. Hmm. That reason alone was enough to get me to do it. You know, weird stuff. Um, Building an online business, actually, you know, the, there was a lot of different motivations. But one of them was like, I have all these friends that are going, getting, th- uh, you know, getting 36 is perfect scores on their ACTs, getting all these scholarships. I'm getting terrible grades. So I'm like, how can I surprise everybody in a really crazy way? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, let's f- first drop, uh, start out by dropping out of college. That's mm-hmm. step one. And then there are all these other steps. So for me, it was... um, Life was... How
0: old were you whenever you dropped out, man? 20, I believe. Okay, 21, maybe. Okay.
1: Like around sophomore year or something like that? Sophomore year, yeah. Yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's... I look for crazy challenges. Um, Life is almost feels that it's easy. (laughs) Maybe I just don't have enough pressure on... I don't know. I don't know. But I look for crazy challenges. And as soon as the challenge is over... I stop. So one of the biggest problems I'm facing in my business right now is that now that it is in a good position Hmm. and it's so easy to do what I need to do. It's so easy and obvious for me that it's painful. I don't want to do it. Wow. So you have to,
0: or you want to feel that sense of uncertainty.
1: I want to feel that and I want to do things that are novel and challenging. Hmm. And so like now... I want to hire somebody to do what I do except I'm pretty good at what I do and it's really hard to hire somebody to do what I do. Right. And so I got to keep doing it. But it's I but it's exact but it's the same old stuff. So I want to move on to newer things. But that personality trait that I have also shows up as a weakness when it comes to working out and health because I'm not consistent with it. So for my personality type it's actually better to do workouts that kind of change every four to eight weeks than like one thing that you should do for a year or two years. Why
0: do you think that is though, man, that you want to keep finding new challenges or you want to climb new mountains? I mean, why do you think it is for you? I don't know.
1: Um, I might have to dig deep for this. That's uh, like somewhere far away, but I needed to be good enough so I couldn't be ignored Hmm. because I was a brother of two and they were really like dominant personalities, you know, my oldest brothers. And so for me, are you middle child? Youngest child. Okay. Youngest. Okay. Yeah. I'm the baby. Like they're 10 and 14 years older than me. Oh, wow. And so to be heard, it took a lot in the house. Like nobody would hear me. And then being a weak, you know, I was like really skinny and all that. And so I would like get pushed around in school a little bit. And so for me, being loud wouldn't get me anywhere but being good mm-hmm. that was something that got attention of people's like and when i would go to chess competitions and the, the other stu- like they would see my name there was fear in their eyes <laughs> yeah you know that's what's up yeah. and, and i love that yeah but it, but it happened because of like work ethic and just being quiet and just working And just producing a crazy amount of, you know, crazy result. But it was, but those things inherently were very challenging. And when I would play video games, and I asked this question to a lot of people to learn about their personality types. And let me ask you as well. Go for it. You ever played video games? Yeah. Okay. Um, What, when you play campaigns, right? Like when you play a single player mode of a game or whatever. Right. What difficulty level do you play at? Easy, medium? insane what what level do you play at it depends man it depends
0: on the game but normally mm-hmm. if I'm starting off at out the gate
1: mm-hmm. if I'm keeping it honest I'll start easy yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with that yeah and most people and not everybody starts off with easy some people start off with normal some people start off with yeah. very very easy yeah uh, some people start off with hard for me for me, the, the games I would play to other people would look like borderline torture. I would like <laughs> pick insane difficulty. Yeah. And so for me to cross like half of a level or quarter of a level, it would take me at hours. Wow. Most other people are beating the game. Yeah. Hours. But for me, it wasn't about, for me, the game wasn't over when the game was over. For me, the game was over when it got easy at a very young age. I like that. And so your strength is going to be like, if you were in my position or, you know, depending on your, the business you're running, mm-hmm. you're going to keep growing and scaling it. And that's your strength. You're not going to get, that's why you've done so many podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, that is your, that is so powerful, but that's part of your personality. But for me, um, for me, my strength is like, quick startup and just going all in and like overcoming a crazy challenge but then i get bored and then i don't want to do it anymore and so i need a person on my team who can do the integrator part of it
0: yeah you 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 know what's so interesting about that question of asking where do you start on video games on what level is the fact that you really tap into a little bit of what the person what they're trying to see happen in life Mm mm-hmm like, one of the things that I grab, I mean, I love, I love seeing things crossed off the list. Wow. I can't lie about that. Shit. I mean, like, I mean, dude, it's bananas, dude. Like, like I get, I mean, like, not the BS, sh- I mean, but like the big shit. Like, yes. I like to say, you know what? They said I couldn't do this three, four times a week. Done. And I'm putting checks in the wow. boxes every day. Like, I'm kicking your ass consistently. Nice. And, and, and I'm not even kicking your ass. I'm, I'm doing it for myself, really, for the yes. most part. But um, there's something about just Hmm. getting through it. And so, going on easy on the video game lets me get through the game. Yeah. Checking the box. So, when I talk to my homeboys and say, hey, did you play XYZ game? Yeah, I already beat it. Yeah. I'm done with it. Interesting. interesting, I'm done with it. Because, like, for me, with the video game, it was about socializing with people. I loved more so the actual idea... Of being with people because everybody wants to get that acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. But I love getting with that, getting with it and saying, Look, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm living it out. I'm executing it. That was a big deal for me. Yeah. So just kind of give me some insight on your question.
1: That is a very interesting thing. Yeah. That's very interesting. And I feel that that even can relate to like when I think about, you know, you're saying, just so you could say you beat the game. Yeah. Sometimes people get masters and PhDs. Just so they say they got it. To say that they were there. You know, they might get it for in business or something, and they might not even use it. Yeah. Just so they can say they were there. So that's very, very, you know, interesting. With, with that, I didn't play a lot of video
0: games or see them through unless I was into it. Mm. Like, I, I can only name maybe three or four games like that I really wanted to see through because it was about socializing people so I was more so playing the Maddens I played the James Bond head to head you know you know like I wanted to play the competition games yeah. but I didn't want to really play out like the Sonics or the Marios yeah. all the all the actual adventure games I mean there are yeah. very few I, I saw it through the, yeah. up to the very end because I it was gotcha. more about working with people yeah. on doing stuff than it was just about doing it to say I did it by myself interesting isn't
1: that weird so That probably crosses over into you doing podcasts. 100%. It's a very cooperative and, I wouldn't say competitive, but a cooperative thing. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, most people aren't doing it alone. I mean, dude, you you know, there's people
0: that have great podcasts that are are solo guys. Yeah. I could never do podcasts for an extent. Like, I I would just lose interest. If it was like, all right, it's Joe's day every day. (laughs) You know,
1: it's me about me and nonstop. Then um, I would quit. I would, yeah, I would lose interest if it was, but I mean, I do YouTube videos. So I don't know.
0: But, but you do but, courses though. I mean, I mean, you're more so training people though through your courses, right?
1: I do YouTube videos and then the courses are separate. That's know? true. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so the YouTube videos, I, at some level you have to enjoy the process of making it, you know, but what I like about the videos is I feel like I also enjoy at some level I enjoy seeing myself in the video. And I enjoy making jokes (laughs) Um, and I I enjoy the process of all of it, you know? Yeah. And so there is, there has to be a certain level of vanity there as well. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you wouldn't do it. Like I can sit here and just be like, I'm just doing it to provide value to the world. No, like at a deep level, I've always wanted to be like, you know, it's almost like I wanted to live up to my full potential. Yep. And I always imagined myself to have a lot of significance in the world and to a lot of people. And so I thought about movies and, or being in uh you know, or like having a big YouTube channel and having a following, you know, and didn't matter about what in the start. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of, you know, selfishness there as well.
0: You know, when you started, were you thinking about like yourself out the gate? Were you like, look, I want to see myself on YouTube. Was that one of the
1: motivations? I definitely was like, yeah, I want to see myself on YouTube. Like, that was one. Another yeah. one that drove me was like, how the F are these people who, like, there were so many people who were terrible at YouTube or terrible teachers of something that I knew really well. Yeah, I'm like, how the fuck are these people teaching it? Yeah. Like their
0: channel should be blocked and deleted. So you saw other people so, doing it and say, I can do this
1: better. I'm uh, going to go. I'm driven by negative emotions a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's like, you know, there's a the whole side of emotions that's like positivity and gratitude and love. And those words would make me cringe actually a few months ago. <laughs> now I'm actually <laughs> learning about them and uh, appreciating it a lot. And I want to come from a lot of positive emotions. I'm really driven and have been driven my whole life by like anger. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a tyrant to myself, Mm. you know, demeaning my own self in my head. If I couldn't do it, saying somebody else sucks and I can do it better. Mm. And so just those dark energy has, you know, moves me and I know how to leverage it at the end of the day. We're kind of like chimpanzees and we just got to like, what moves us forward but over the course of 20 30 40 50 years you start turning and you start you look back and you have a life of resentment and you're not okay with how you treated yourself and you lower your self-respect and it shows through you become grumpy you know those old people who become grumpy they didn't just become wake up and become grumpy they took a lot of actions that over time built a lot of deep level of resentment yeah, hundred percent man and so i didn't want to go down that route either just completely dark solo no friends you know those things and so um i and and when i look pat back everything that motivated me was um actually i wanted to run away from things that i didn't want It wasn't because of the things i wanted (laughs) so seeing my mom grow up in misery and a lot of pain and suffering and herniated discs and blood pressure and arthritis and just so many things and this poor woman that i love like forever like saw her grow through you know through that And then I I think I talked about this maybe in your previous podcast. A little bit. A little bit. But basically, long story short, we couldn't pay for it. And so what drove me was how come my brother and my dad and my other brother are doing everything perfectly? They're going to school. They have degrees. They're doing their jobs. They're doing nine to five. They're very disciplined. They're very honorable and honest. All of that. How come they can't even take care of somebody that we love? because you know, it was really expensive to pay for it of course and that i didn't want in my life to ever ever happen again what other things i didn't want is when i wanted a video game it was like 60 bucks we would wait two years so we could get it for 50 bucks and i didn't want it anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um i wanted like a remote control helicopter when i was nine never got it you know never got it in my whole life I was told, like, if I did this, I would get it. But it's not that they are bad parents or anything. Or my family is bad. I love them to death. It's just that it wasn't something that was so easy for us. But it wasn't that we were broke, but we were also poor. And uh, I I believe poverty and being poor is a mindset. Hmm. you know. And being broke is the actual state. Like, you're not having enough money. You don't have the funds, yeah. And so we were both. Generally... People are both. Nobody's ever rich here and then broke at oh. the same time. It follows. It's a mindset is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when that happened, I didn't. I didn't like living like that. You know, I didn't want my when I have kids, or I didn't want when I have friends or whatever to be always like, oh, we can't go on a vacation here, or the Wi-Fi is five dollars on the airplane, so let's not get it. So it was a lot of running away from that. And when I ran away from all of that, I hit a plateau in business, relationships, health, everything. Because now I've outran everything I didn't want. But I never actually deeply knew what I truly want. And that's something I'm still actually struggling with and, and working through.
0: Dude, that's phenomenal, man. It's phenomenal that you have that awareness of where you are. Like a lot, I don't think that it's about fully having all the answers, but being able to be aware of your surroundings and say, okay, this is what it is. And then now you're just a seeker, right? And yeah. then you kind of get in seeking mode and you start exploring, trying new things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Figuring out who you are, finding your voice, all the rest of that jazz that you're up to. Yeah. That's the fun stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, especially after you, you've come from... uh a place of of either frustration because you didn't know, mm-hmm. or anger because you didn't like the circumstances that you were in. Mm-hmm. It's great to be able to say, "I'm gonna rent you out and get some new land, and we're gonna figure this out." Yeah, man, that's um, that's powerful, man. Yeah, seriously. And so, you know, what's funny though too, is that it seems like um, what seems like the right way would be the comfortable way. Yeah. Right, yeah. I I was talking to uh, on my previous episode. I think I was with my guy Tom, Tom Murphy, man of Atlanta. What up, Tom? And we were talking. I'm like, dude, the biggest drug out here right now is is comfort. Yeah, I mean, what is what it drives us to do? Think about how people work to be comfortable, like discomfortable. I'm not talking about like excelling and that heaven space. I mean, they're talking about purgatory. We're 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 good. Just I'm not bad at all, but I'm not that great either. I'm just I'm comfortable. Yeah, you know, it's scary,
1: isn't it? Crazy to think about how many people will consume or chase that. Uh, Yeah, alone. I think that is the ultimate drug. I'm not. I never thought about it like that, but comfort is just the most beautiful thing. So good. Like, I just want to sleep in my bed right now, talking yeah, about it. But it's comfortable, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you get in there, Say you get again. the nice double down, you know, <laughs> comforter. You get the AC on, yeah. oh. like it's dripping. It's Come beautiful, on, man. You're comfortable, man. You're good. Yeah. And it's okay for the temporary, mm-hmm. but man, you get hooked on that comfort, dude. Yeah. And it it, it puts you in a place where, um. It's really
1: depressing over some time. Mm -hmm. At least from my experience. Yes. Because. Comfort is very comfortable. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it over time. And and when you have. When you actually have goals. You know when you actually write down goals. It doesn't move you forward in any direction ever. Mm -hmm. And so it's depressing to look over at. So this is another thing. There's. How you emotionally feel in the moment versus when you look back at your life, how you feel. They're very two very different things. They are. Because emotionally, moment to moment, you can actually be feeling really happy, partying, having a great time. Yeah. But then when you look back, and now all of a sudden you have this life of regret. So for me, it's, I, if I died without achieving my maximum potential, that's my biggest regret. Mm-hmm. I recently did a quantum hypnosis quantum quant, quantum hypnosis. Oh, talk about session, this, man! Yeah, uh, four f- about six days ago, a week ago now. Wow, eight hours long. What? Incredibly intense experience. Really? Yes. What's the process like, man? It took place from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. and effectively, how it works is. I ask you, like when when it, when it's about to start, they have you shut down. Like the the lady that came to my house, then they come to your house. Wow! Because um, you have to be in your own bed, so you're in the most comfortable state there. Now, there are four states of consciousness. You have the wake state, which is right now. Yep. There's a light trance, which is sometimes you're washing dishes and you start dozing off or you're driving and you doze off. Yeah. Start thinking about something. Then there is a deep trance where when you wake up from deep sleep and you know when you're like interrupted from deep sleep and your eyes are just like in the center and your brain is going crazy. That's deep trance. But you're there for a very short amount of time. Right. Right. fraction of a second. And then there's sleep, which is... Sleeping. Mm-hmm. So those are the four states of consciousness. Normal hypnosis, what they do is put you in light trance. So when they want you to quit smoking or, or when you want to quit smoking or you want to quit drinking, you would do light hypnosis. And um, why it's effective is because information, is, uh, information alone doesn't do you jack shit. Right, no, yeah. If that. you smoke, and I just tell you, hey bro, it's bad for you. Don't do it. You're right. You're not gonna do. It. You're <laughs> gonna keep smoking. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. But you, I'm a doctor, and you come into my office, and I say, I have bad news. Um, looking at this, you actually have lung cancer, and um, unfortunately, it looks like you only have two years. Right. And now that information. It's still information, but how come now you might actually quit smoking? Mm. I think it's like the difference between just listening and understanding versus internalizing it at a Mm. deeper level and emotionally being connected to it. And so the reason why hypnosis works, or I think it works, is when you're in the light trance and they're doing it, they're having you connect, they're connecting to your, they're speaking to your somewhat of your subconscious. And they're having you connect to it at an emotional level. And you're coming up with why you should actually stop doing it. Hmm. And so it actually causes a behavioral change. That's what we want. We don't want information. We want a behavioral change. Right. To be, to be successful, I can tell people very easily. Five YouTube videos a week takes about five hours maybe. Three emails to write a week takes 60 minutes total. You're going to have a $100,000 business in the first year. That's what it takes to run it. But nobody's going to do it. Um, it's just simple behavioral change that we're looking for. And so the deep trance that's when you're in your deepest layer of your subconsciousness. And a lot of the answers at a deep level, you know, like, for example, what makes Joe ha- happy? For if you're in this state right now, the answer you're going to give is might not be your true answer, but at probably sub- subconscious level, that information is there. Because when you're doing those things, you are happy, right? Right, And you've done those things at some point. And so that answer is hidden somewhere, but beneath the surface. And so how it works is in the first three hours, they interview you. It's a very intense interview. All electronics must be shut off in the house, everything. And so when we're doing the interview, I'm writing down everything about your life. And I'm going through from... Whatever you think is important that you need to tell me. So it could be about your childhood, your first memory, trauma in your life, anything. And I ask you questions along the way, but I'm going through all this. Then once the interview is over, you write down 30 or 40 questions that you want answered.
0: 30 or 40 questions? hmm You were
1: able to come up with 30 questions that you, that you want answers to? Yeah, I wow. did. You know, some of them were like, should I leave the country? Yeah. Because I was going to go to Colombia. Talk about that. I, I, I was kind of waiting to ask you, but all right, but keep on going. Yeah. And I decided not to. And this session had to do with it. Wow. It was a big decision. One of the biggest decisions of my life. Okay. There were a lot of things. Like, what's holding Kazi back? What's my fear? What do I not want? What do I want? And so you write all these questions. And then... Steve. When you are in the... When you're actually in the deep trance, so they put you in your own bed, and then she'll be, like, right next to you and put you through the deep trance. She in the bed with you, or she's just kind of over you? She's... Yeah, next to you. She's not in the bed with you. Oh, All yeah. right. No, no, no. I'm just <laughs> yeah. But she was right. I'm trying to paint the picture. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Got um, <laughs> <laughs> that might happen in Colombia. Yeah. Was <laughs> about <what> to say. <laughs> this is this is a serious session? But yeah. <laughs> uh, so, she's outside of the bed, and then she's guiding you through this process and putting you in a state of deep trance. And then what takes place is, that's a three or four hour long session and it gets very intense. There's no food, there's no water, nothing. And so, you know, from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. there's no food or water or anything. So okay. You have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Once a session starts, the idea is that once you're in the deep trance state, to actually ask you those very same questions you want an answer to, but your own subconscious answers it. Was it recorded? It's recorded. I have 180 minutes of that recording on my phone. Video, voice. Oh man, did you sound different? I sound slightly different. I'm very like, like very relaxed. You're mellow. Yeah. Um, I was also pretty confident with a lot of the stuff that I was saying or seeing. Like I saw this whole life of, uh, you know, she took me back you know in i don't believe in past lives or third eyes but some people might but she talked about it and i was like oh whatever um so she basically when when i was in like you know my eyes were closed she kind of guided me into this slight deep trance state and i could feel that i'm still kind of conscious but i was very relaxed is how i would put it Mm -hmm. and um then she asked me you know take me let's go to your past life and so we're apparently in a cloud and we're traveling and then we go to my past life and she's like when you look down and it's you what do you see and i'm like i see that i'm wearing a yellow straw hat i have a full sleeve red checkered shirt on and i'm wearing blue overalls i have brown boots and she goes, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm farming," and I'm a farmer. And she's like, "Are you with somebody?" And I'm like, "No, I'm alone." And then apparently, I had a stable, and I went in the stable, and I had haystack. <laughs> oh my god! I'm the opposite of this person, by the way, in real life. Of you know? course. It's like every friend, when if they hear, they would be laughing their ass off. They're like, "You're the opposite of all." I'm like, not a handyman at all. Yeah. No nature, I would die probably. <laughs> I never even made an egg in my whole life yeah. microwave to me like putting something on three minutes is like i'm always proud of. that's like cooking to me like making popcorn you're putting in like work. i'm a chef yeah. <laughs> chef BRD. and so Jeez. i'm laughing at this point like i'm telling her this and i'm laughing
0: crazily does it look like you i mean when you see yourself you're like oh this is me there's no videos just voice i mean but that's what i'm saying like in your mind you, you, you,
1: Oh, oh, when I was looking at the past life, it was me. Okay. It was me. And that's why I was so crazy. And then I I had a horse and, um, and there was a lot of like vivid stuff that I was seeing that I was never like saw it. And then she's like, take me to another important day in that life. And then another important day, I'm like throwing rocks in a river. I'm trying to, I'm just fast forwarding through the story to get to the important point. And then she takes me to, she's like, let's go to another important day in this life. And <laughs> and there's a rabbit that's running. She's like, why is it running? Um, I'm like, I'm trying to hunt it. She's like, what are you hunting it with? I'm like, like a knife. And she goes, why are you hunting it with a knife? Because I'm like, it's a challenge. Ah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, and she's like, you're never going to catch it. And you know that. And I'm like, I do. And she's like, is that what makes it fun for you? I'm like, yes, it does. And it was just my brain was coming up with this. You know, my subconscious or whatever was coming up with this. And then she's like, let's go to the last day in this life. What do you see? And what I saw was I'm sitting on a red checkered couch. It's kind of broken down. There's a brown table. My legs are kicked up on it. I have a remote control. I'm still in my barn, my stable or whatever. And <laughs> and i have the tv on it's an old tv with those knobs and the antennas yeah except i'm watching white noise and uh she goes how do you feel and i said i feel nothing i feel numb and she goes do you feel young or old and i said i feel middle-aged and then she's like as we kind of leave this life she's like what she's like is this the day you died and I said yeah and she goes what was the cause of your death and I said I died on the inside and then she goes who's going to take care of the horse I said I don't know she's like do you know anybody that that could take care of it I said no He's like, is the horse alone? And I'm like, yeah. And I just started, like, I had tears coming down my face. I bet. And she goes, she's like, you don't have to feel it. You can just watch it. You don't have to experience it. And she goes, what? now that we're done with seeing this life, she's like, why do you think your subconscious chose to show you this life? and i said and at this point out of nowhere i just started crying with hiccups and dude i don't ever cry yeah and, yeah it's been a year since i might have cried wow. And i don't i'm not proud of that i just don't i don't think that's a good thing but i was i just crying with hiccups and i couldn't even muster out these words but two words came out of my mouth and the words were wasted potential I said he had so much potential. He just wasted it. And even right now, like I got goosebumps just seeing that going through it again, but that was a very powerful experience for me.
0: That's bananas, dude. Yeah. The fact that you can see yourself in the past, obviously probably like a different time. Yeah. Right. It wasn't yeah.
1: present day. It wasn't. It was. I don't know what it was because it was just, I was in nature the whole time. And so, it it can be any time.
0: Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. And you're chasing a, a rabbit that you know that you can't catch. Yeah. And on your last day, not necessarily sure if you passed away that day. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, physically, at yeah. least in, in now, this whole story, are your thoughts. But it was a day that you felt like you died. That's been, that is a crazy, (laughs) crazy
1: experience, man. (laughs) And That was just the start of it. That was the first like 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes. It was a four hour long session, three hours long session. And she went in deep, just uncovering stuff. Like it was crazy. Like so many answers that I gave to myself. So many answers. Yeah. It was insane. And it was like, I knew everything. I was confident. Usually I'm like, I don't know. Like, It was fun. like my subconscious was like, he should stay in L.A. He needs to run a business. And it was it was crazy. It was like he needs to run a business and he can't be a loose cannon. And now that he has his health and all those things in momentum, he needs to keep going with it and he can still travel. But Kazi needs to stay here. Like, okay, this this is, this is how you were talking to yourself. You were, you were talking like that. Yeah. Because she asked permission to speak to my subconscious. And so when she's speaking to my subconscious, she's asking, what should Kazi do? What do you think? So it's almost like I was, you know, even it's almost like if I was asking you about your child and what are the best decisions for your child, right? Right. You would make the right decisions if you were thinking about your child. But a lot of the times we don't have enough self respect to make the best decisions for ourselves. Mm. And so when she spoke to me like that, where my subconscious was talking about myself, I got emotional talking about myself. And like where I have a potential and I'm not getting enough there or doing enough there, I got emotional. But when I'm talking about myself, my brain's like, oh, you're being vain. Are you really going to get emotional about yourself? when I'm talking from a subconscious perspective about myself, I feel like I'm a little child. Let me ask you this. Were there any of the answers that honestly surprised you? Like staying here that really surprised me? Yeah. That was crazy. Um, There were some others. I'm trying to think.
0: I mean, because I'm just asking that because a lot of times I feel like we know what to do. We just don't do it. You know? Yes. And so were there some that were like, Oh, I
1: didn't see that really coming. Here's one. My oldest brother and how important he is in my life. Mm. Um, A lot of things that came up are subconscious. And, uh, you know, there was this one time where I needed the keys to the car and I was going to a chess tournament and he wouldn't even give me the keys. Mm. Um, And because my car was stuck in ice and snow and he wouldn't drop me off either. He would rather sleep in. And I was, you know, a young kid and there was like a few more times, but then there was also a time where my mom went crazy, like running around after me, chasing me around the house, like yelling at me, like trying to hit me. And I just kind of ran out of the house and um, I was always very emotionally reserved, but I feel like you just keep bottling it up. And I ran out of the house and I went into the car and um i remember i just started crying and my brother my oldest brother usually he doesn't show up for you all the time for everything you know he's not the type of person who'll show up for your baseball game he doesn't look good on paper but when it really comes down to the brass tacks he's there like really comes down to it he's there Mm mm-hmm and so that was the time he like fought with, you know, he fought with my mom. He got so angry and he just like slammed the door. He's like, what are you doing? Like he's just a kid. And he ran out and he sat in the car with me. And all of a sudden, like this dude is like emotionally, socially awkward at most of the times. But like at that time, he's just like, he's like, just come here, dude. He's like, I love you. I'm proud of you. Wow. And he just hugs me. And I'm just crying, dude. Like it was insane. And that was one of the most important moments. And I had forgotten about it. And that came up. Mm. And and what was surprising was like, you know, the question I asked myself was how important is my oldest brother to me? And the answer was that very important. And then she she dug deeper because that's why she does the interview. So she knows about you so she can dig deeper mm-hmm. more than the questions you asked. And she's like, what do you need to do at this point? And I said, I know my um Kazi knows that his brother isn't going to be the first one to try to heal things and heal the past because he had oh he had a worse childhood than Kazi like tougher mm-hmm. and so Kazi actually needs to be the first one to heal it and his brother actually loves him very much but Kazi just needs to be the first one to go and take that step dude that's a that's a dope experience, though, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's an experience that I feel like the majority of people need to have. I think so. It's, um, it's one of those things where it's so easy to brush over those things and those thoughts. So easy. I mean, everybody has a checklist, right? Everybody has a, a thing that they're thinking about for tomorrow. Yeah. Right? But you never almost give yourself that permission to say, all let right, right, let's, let's check in and make sure we're... Level set to the things that are most important to us. because yes. a lot of times it takes a tragedy or something crazy, and then everything comes like,
1: oh, you're like back to like center. And that's chance. That's leaving it up to chance. One hundred percent. And unless you're lucky enough to have a tragedy, that's crazy way to look at. But yeah, I get know, it though. I get it. And it's it's yeah. not a good thing. But like you know, Tony Robbins was kind of lucky in a good way. I mean, he used it in a very intelligent. Because most people crumble, so they're not lucky. But Tony Robbins, when he had tragedy where he couldn't eat food, now he's on his way to feed a billion people. That's right, yeah. You know, yeah, he's yeah, fed three hundred million people, In yeah. the next seven years he's going to feed seven hundred million more people. He was super poor, right? At yeah, the super beginning. poor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Once he first um, got married or something like that, I think. He right. Was like, yeah. Um, I've had situations where, you know, I'm not going to say, "Oh, my childhood was worse." I loving parents. We lived in a great place. We were middle class, so mm-hmm. we weren't like poor, poor. But the, the few bad things that happen actually drive me to do what I do. I actually don't wish I had a perfect childhood because I wouldn't be who I am today. You
0: and, know, yeah. keep on going. I didn't cut you off, man.
1: No, it's all good. And so I think that those things are um, actually really important. And tragedy is kind of a thing we get lucked into. And so it's when you do these things, you take away the luck from it. You start understanding your personality and you can actually change your personality and your thoughts and your needs and your desires to get the things that you truly want, you know, ultimately like the things that will fulfill you, Mm -hmm. you know, your big goals and your and no school class teaches you about emotions and it's the most powerful driver of, of of us Podcasts make you feel a certain way. That's why you do them. You've been doing them. 100 percent you you don't do them because this is a way to make money or this is a way you can get hurt those are like you justify that with logic right they say in sales and you know this they say that we actually buy from emotion and we justify with logic you know we do everything in life like that Mm -hmm. except We're told to put emotions under the rug. Nobody teaches you about emotions. Nobody teaches you how to control them, how to deal with them, how to use them to your advantage. Mm -hmm. And so most of the times we're in a logical state. And when your professor asks you, what are your top five goals? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? What is actually most important to you? You're in a really logical state. Mm -hmm. And so what you answer is complete bullshit to what is true. And when you're in that emotional state or that subconscious state, those are your true answers. I think that,
0: um, I love that by the way. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we go to those, uh, middle ground places, right? Are those logical answers yes. of, Oh, this is, these are my top five goals because You know, I want to go out, get the master's degree, and then I'll walk my way through corporate America. Whenever we know good and well, that's not where we want to be, but it's what is acceptable. Yes. And um, there's something interesting that happens when you're honest with yourself. And I mean, I mean, really brutally, you know, post-tragedy honesty. Yeah. I mean, because there's there's a clarity that happens there. Yes. Like, when you go through something that's really traumatic or lose somebody that's important to you, um, it's like it puts you in this
1: place where, like, that shit didn't even matter. (laughs) Dude, and that (laughs) was the thing that hit me about my oldest brother, because normally what would need to take place is my, you know, and God forbid nothing happens to my brother, but normally my oldest brother would need to pass away Mm -hmm. for me to actually realize that he was really important and it would be too late. Right. right. And so doing this, I feel like it just saved me like probably, you know, 40, 50 years of pain and misery and resentment Mm -hmm. by just feeling it now, feeling it and connecting with it. And then going from that. Right.
0: It it really does change things, man. You know, and that's, Takes us back to the conversation around comfort, man, because that comfort, it will, it, it would avoid that whole conversation. Yes, you have no need to even press into feeling that because mm-hmm. it's not going to feel good. It's going to feel horrible and gut wrenching and everything else. Yes, but you won't get to the truth on the other side
1: of what that feels like if you're stuck in comfort land. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like the few things I know about fear, and I'm not like, oh, I'm all every single second I'm chasing fear. I love comfort just as much as everybody else does. But what the, the thing that I do know about fear is that's where growth takes place and it's almost it should almost be treated as your GPS in life, you know, it's like a navigation. And when it happens, you feel it and you start going toward it. Now what's really messed up is that it's from an evolutionary perspective fear is like most of the fear that we have now is outdated yeah it's not it's it's the wrong type of fear see before if you spoke in front of like a tribe of cavemen and you did public speaking and you said one word that was wrong and that pissed somebody off come and drop a rock over your head and crush your skull in. it was a real yeah it was a real
0: real type of fear exactly it was like life or death type yep yeah, this is I don't like this guy anymore he has to
1: die that's exactly why we, we feel the same fear when we're about to do public speaking now right you know and sometimes I think about cats and it pisses me off I love cats but what makes me angry is like, some a, like, like the animal cats yeah I, lo- <laughs> I love cats I love them and I have you know brother has cats I play with them but let's like <laughs> Yo I was so scared. Oh yeah, there. And I'm like, I'm not like you've been here for years. And why are you so scared? Like I'm trying to put you in my lap and I'm just trying to pet you. Yeah. And they're just like run away. But aren't we also very irrational and scared of like there's a person you want to speak to? You literally won't go up, whether it's a girl you want to speak to. You literally think you're gonna die trying mm-hmm. to speak to her. Mm-hmm. Or it's Pat Flyn. You mm-hmm. know, there were people at the conference that were scared of that. I was scared of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat and you don't want to go and do it. You're scared. Those are outdated fears. It might have been true in the caveman times, but it doesn't apply anymore. And so you have to now fear is almost a sign of what you need to do. So now when you're scared to go and approach that person, that's actually what you need to be doing.
0: It's so funny that there's very few things where you could, in this day and age, and and, and I'm not going to say all the time, but uh, at most of these places that we go where, like, you know, except step for crossing the street or driving onto oncoming traffic because you want to save some time. <laughs> right, right, besides doing some crazy, like, you know, Mission Impossible type of task um, where fear is really good for you, like you're saying. I mean, really bad for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because normally it's these things that we're apprehensive about doing is the growth that we need to kind of get to. Yes. Dude, I got some selfish questions to ask you. We're we're almost about to wrap up because we had a, this, this is, this is what we needed to do the first time. Yes. But we had to rush it, but this, but things actually worked out better. Yeah because you had a totally so i'm still going to play the, the first episode too cool and then we'll come back and clean it up with this one yeah because we were talking about you going down to south you know going down to columbia leaving la yeah um but man that's really cool that you had that experience to have more clarity around staying mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's fascinating it's i mean
1: it's got to feel really good too though to have that clarity it does. It does feel good. I still don't have like ultimate clarity. There's still a lot of confusion, but mm-hmm. it's definitely more clarity than I had before. And um, you know, another thing, another, you know, again, this again, a lot of this stuff goes to your personality. And right. because my self worth wasn't attached to the ACTs or my parents' approval of me, um, while I still love them that plays out in other factors of my life too like for other people this would be really difficult and they would go to colombia just because of the fact of that they told everybody that they're gonna go to colombia they've told literally so now if they don't go everybody who didn't believe that they were gonna go or that they would be able to go is now laughing and seeing see i told you so that you wouldn't go you know i i can't lie bro it
0: it, it'll be really tough for me not to go exactly i mean if i already signed you know signed place to stay i have you know plans up yeah my whole family knows i'll be living overseas right yeah internationally or whatever it it would be tough for me to say all right man you know what it's it's very tough but you did it though it takes
1: courage to do that takes boldness man and i would say yeah and i would correct that a little bit because it does take courage for somebody who feels that for me my, it's weird how it works, but it's just my self worth or whatever, just not attached to that type of approval at all. I mean, some love, you know, some stuff it is, mm-hmm. but to that type of stuff, it's just not at all. And so for me, it actually, like, I'll talk to my mentor and she's going to be like, You told me you were going to leave. And I know. Now I changed my mind. <laughs> and that's it. um And so those things not only. Play a factor in your personal life and whatever, but like in your business and everything. Is it very empowering? It's empowering. Yeah. But it could also be disempowering. Like mm. for example, I could just as easily say, we're going to be doing five YouTube videos a week. Come back three weeks later and now I've changed my mind. We're not doing five videos a week. We're doing one video a week. Right. So... It could be that as well, because that pressure is sometimes helpful for us because then we're like, okay, now we're doing like, you got to do it. So you end up doing it. Right. And for me, pressure just doesn't exist until it's very, very real. That's why when people had to go through finals, I would never study until maybe the last day. And I felt zero pressure and that's bad that's why most other students would do really well and they would do things way in advance I wouldn't do them in advance Hmm. you know I was used to like sliding under the the, I I always imagined like the door was like closing and I was like a (laughs) hero of a movie just like sliding just barely getting through I got you and I would always almost try to create those scenarios because it was fun and it was a challenge you know Mm -hmm. otherwise that was too easy and so that you know, plays out. I feel through your whole life.
0: You know, man. Um, but you know, I mean, I can totally hear what you're saying. But it, but it's also this. It's also this moment where I feel like you just took ownership back of your life. You didn't let these other people dictate. You know, just because you told them that they're going to hold this thing over your head. Like, Ozzy, you said you were going to go. You know know what I mean? I know. You know, know. and and you kind of own it. Like, I'm taking that back, dude. I'm not going anymore. It's fine. Yeah. And I don't give a shit, but if you like my response or not. I know. It's kind of nice, though, how how I'm looking at it from from
1: that standpoint. It it is definitely freeing to me, honestly. Um, And I also know that a lot of other people you know sometimes do or a lot of the times end up doing the wrong things because of the pressure from outside right like people choose their spouses because of that reason a lot of the times and they'll stick with it you know some some people who are close to me i won't name anybody but Mm -hmm. they literally have a spouse who because somebody said you're going to break up with them or this is not right for you, whatever, just to kind of like prove those people wrong. Right. And so and I'll be miserable in that relationship forever. Yep. You know, just to kind of prove them wrong or prove some. And so sometimes I see it as like it can be a really bad thing, you know, and so it's scary to me. And so that's why I, I don't personally do it. Man, I got some selfish questions for you. Go for it. Online courses, yeah.
0: I want to get into it. I want to have my own all online course around sales, B two B sales. Okay. What's the What's the process like, man? I feel like I'm talking to the guru, so I'm just being extremely selfish of it. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Uh, build an audience. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have to sell, build an audience for it first, and then it doesn't matter what you sell. <laughs> Selling is very easy, so selling won't come from creating the online course first and it won't come from creating the product first and then looking for the market and a lot of people what they do is like they create an app and then they look for the market right MVP
0: and they get it out there right yeah and so
1: I would suggest audience build have an audience Mm -hmm. then you can sell an app if you want then you can sell a course so if you want to sell a course on b2b create content on a platform like youtube about teaching people how to do b2b sales get them results give them value think about the people who are crushing it in the online marketing space those people have given massive value to the world like gary vaynerchuk or grant cardone those are some big names that we know of course but if you teach people uh, b2b sales and just build a you know email list with that and then if we get tactical with it, I would say that not having email lists is the biggest mistake anybody can ever make. Really? Yes, because what you sell on social media, you can literally hundred x the revenue by just having an email list because the conversion rates are just horrible on social media. It's it's how I'll explain it is kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Not knowing about you and hearing from you about third party perspective, and then you recommending a book to me, you know, like, hey, man, you got to listen to 10X, it's a great book. Like, let's say some random person I know or one of my friends is like, Joe said you should read 10X and I never knew you. I'd be like, yeah, okay, dude, thanks. Never read it. <laughs> right. But now that I know you at a personal level and we have exchanged your phone information, whatever, and now when you say, yo, check out 10X, I'll read it. That's the difference between social media and email list. Social media is kind of like, it's very just out there. Mm -hmm. Whereas email list is kind of like you've exchanged your phone number with that person you're on. And yet the sales are just sales and the numbers speak for themselves. Do
0: you recommend starting on trying to build your audience on this, on a certain platform like YouTube over trying to have some
1: other content elsewhere? I mean, if you're trying to teach people how to grow a business using Instagram, then probably use Instagram. Yeah, I gotcha, You, you I got have you. some advantage there. Uh, B2B stuff that you're talking about, LinkedIn sounds like a great place as well. Mm-hmm. But if you're creating YouTube content, video content that's repurposable easily, so you can put it on LinkedIn and YouTube as well. But I would definitely go the route of YouTube because it's the best video marketing platform and, um, the, 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 the reason why I really enjoy the platform is for a deeper reason than just like, did you know, 97% of the world is going to be video in a few years by 2022? Like, <sighs> I can't stand those stats. Um, but the reason why I say, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, you. <laughs> yeah the, I feel it. And it's because the energy that you exude here yeah. and how I feel about you right now. Yeah. That's what makes me want to listen to your advice and buy something from you or do business with you or do whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's your energy and presence. So the best way you can do that is one-on-one with somebody, but that's not scalable. Right. The second best way is public speaking. That's still not that scalable. Mm-hmm. The third best way is video. And YouTube is the best way to reach out to people and build that one-on-one personal connection with. I get it that's why i i say it so yeah dude you you're 1000
0: percent right by that man because being able to transfer that energy is is everything dude yes. it's one of the reasons why i like podcasting because i can hear how the you know that whole voice fluctuation and are we chilling dude i mean which is cool too though because i might be like in a chill vibe yeah but sometimes i want to i want to get hit in the face yes <laughs> you yeah. know you know what i mean like yes. i want somebody to kind of bring it yeah, I like it, and I think video ge- is obviously going to cover everything. Yeah, hmm. covers the uh, you know the entire spectrum. And so, any tips to actually grow your audience on YouTube? Is it daily content you have to do, or is
1: there? If you can do more, great. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to understand your personality type. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessive. Mm-hmm. For me, it's very easy to do seven videos a week, but not forever for like two months and just like get ahead of the curve and then just put it in neutral and then just do one video a week gotcha and so if you can go that crazy if you have the time and capacity max but if you want to stay consistent and kind of grow it like that then you know go five or three videos a week if you're starting out, I would not recommend doing just one, you know, let's say you got to bring it. Start with three. Yeah. Three is a good number. Yeah. Simple enough. And keep it really easy on yourself. Don't spend too much time on the thumbnails and the tags and the descriptions and trying to uh, optimize SEO. None of that stuff really matters that much. Mm. It's, you know, the only thing I would say is like focus on the title of the video. That's the most important. And then just, make good content you know and then just make a lot of it you know and that's what will grow grow your audience do you stockpile your actual content
0: stock pop i mean um like do you do like a whole bunch of content in, oh and like advance and then kind of roll it out slowly or is it something that you wake up in the morning in uh, the perfect drop
1: of content yeah in perfect world i always dream about having content piled up for you yeah, have dreams advance. about it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah in the yeah it's
0: like wow. dropbox like
1: oh man it's already ready yeah, like <laughs> yeah. weeks and months in advance right. and just releasing it and enjoying my life unfortunately i don't do that i'm like one video at a time that i do yeah but if you can and you're very systematic and analytical and that type of person more power to you spend a weekend create a bunch of content and then just drip it out you know two or three a week
0: Dude, this has been phenomenal, man. I'm really glad that we took time out to circle back around, especially after you got this new information, all this insight. Yeah. And that's, that's mind-blowing. I'm going to go back and listen to this and be like, that really happened. Okay. <laughs> all right, dope. Man, please tell everybody how to find you, and then we'll go ahead and close out, bro. All
1: right, so if anybody wants to find me, Clever Programmer is the platform, cleverprogrammer.com. That's where you will find me, and then if you wanna follow me on Instagram, that's CleverKazi. So that's uh, Q-A-Z-I at CleverKazi. And um, I'm in the process of building a personal brand, so by the time you just even type up my name, hopefully you'll find some good stuff. Dude, we wanna find
0: tons of good stuff, man. Yeah. Kazi, this has been phenomenal. Please, you guys gotta go check out his content on YouTube. It's booming. We always have chill vibes. I mean, you have your spikes with me, but dude, like your videos are heavy. Every time, I mean, I've gone through a couple now and it's like, man, you're you're bringing heat, man. So you guys got to check it out for yourself. Hit them up. Instagram is where you mainly
1: play, right? Instagram, so, like, conversations like, yeah, I'm playing a lot on Instagram with okay. personal conversations and responding to everybody and even with a video message. So no promises, but follow me on Instagram, Clever Kazi. Yeah, and let me know that you came from Joe. Then I promise I'll send a video, a little personal video message. Super dope. Kazi, as always, man,
0: this has been a great time again, brother. Appreciate everything, man. Awesome. Until next time, you guys be great.